Hey listeners, before we get into this episode, I have a quick ask to make. I started this podcast as a research project on how to be a top individual contributor in the product design space. My goal for the show was to learn what it takes to be an individual contributor that's doing amazing, impactful work that they love doing day in and day out and getting paid top dollar while they do it. Becoming that type of individual contributor is the ultimate job security. With close to 100 hours of interview recordings, this has naturally led to the creation of the short form video articles that synthesize my learnings into 10 minute listens of actionable content. You might recognize these as my morning walk episodes or the hashtag shorts episodes. To my surprise, those episodes have been very well received and listeners have enjoyed the synthesis of what I've learned. This has led to the next chapter of my research project, which is beginning to synthesize what I've learned into a new newsletter called Thinking Out Loud About Design that you can subscribe to right now for free. Thinking Out Loud About Design is an email newsletter and podcast that basically contains all my synthesis for my long form interviews. It's pure distilled learnings that you can apply to your career immediately. This content is for you if you are a couple years into your career and you're trying to make that move from mid-level to senior designer and senior designer to staff designer. I mainly focus on becoming high-performing individual contributors in the product design industry. A free subscription gives you full access to the newsletter, podcast episodes, and website. You won't have to worry about missing anything because every new edition of the newsletter goes directly into your inbox. So my ask is this. If you have gotten any value out of the way of product design, or if it's helped you in any way or someone you know, please subscribe to Thinking Out Loud About Design and get the distilled learnings on being a staff-level individual contributor. You can find a link to the newsletter in the show notes of every episode of this podcast and on my LinkedIn page. Just look up Caden Damiano. Thanks again for listening and supporting the way of product design. I wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't listening. Now, on to the show. Welcome to The Way of Product Design. I'm Caden Damiano. Hey listeners, I've met one of my design teachers, finally, over uh, Zoom the other day. I've been following him since I started the design path. He hosted a a weekly uh, UX education show on uh, Lynda.com, and that's how I found you. Actually, my uh, my dad had a Lynda account, and uh, he gave me the password. And uh, you know, statute of limitations, Lynda's no longer a company, so it's okay. Um, and <laughs> uh, I started watching Practical UX Weekly. Um, Drew Bridewell has since gone to handle the merger, the, de- the design merge of Linda and LinkedIn Learning, um, worked on uh, being a design evangelist at Envision, running workshops on how to provide more mature design practices in your work. And he is current, well, no, you're not currently at Facebook. You were at Facebook for a couple of years, but now you have your own company. Uh, next level UX. Uh, Drew, can you just introduce yourself a little bit to the listener? Anything I didn't mention? Anything? All, any, what are you passionate about? And let's go from there. Yeah, Katie, thanks for thanks for having me on the show. I'm super super stoked to be here. I just love talking. I love talking shop about uh, the you know the things we're passionate about. 
And for today, uh, Drew Bridewell here. I am CEO and founder of Next Level UX. Next Level UX is essentially a coaching and development platform designed to help the makers of the world get to their next level. So this isn't just about the designers out there. This isn't just about um, you know people transitioning. It's anybody who wants to create and make things and get to their, their next level of performance around design-related activities. This is what Next Level UX is all about, and that's where my that's where my main focus is. And you know, for the last six years, I've been kind of infatuated and, and in love with the problem of helping people helping people learn. You know, the struggles and the challenges that we face as practitioners. You know, we have to learn, develop, grow, reflect every single week, and you know, I've just really tuned in and started building some programs, not courses, but necessarily more program-based experiences that uh, are starting to really show impact. And that's what Next Level UX is all about. So Drew, usually like when uh, hiring managers evaluate designers, and actually I interviewed another designer just before you a couple days ago about the frustration people have with how there's a bias towards evaluating potential hires by their visual design skills. And even though like that person could perform well in the job and they know how to use a design system and lay out things, if they don't have like a nice um, dribble, they can be passed by with the feedback of, oh yeah, like your stuff's really great. You just We just need someone with visual chops. Um, mm. Like how how do you actually measure like design performance? Hmm. Yeah, this is a really good question. And I think it's, it's very different across the industry. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to work at some great companies that really, that really have systems and systems in place, you know, uh, the LinkedIn's the Facebook's, the envisions, the, uh, across the board, these companies have a certain criteria that they, they use to measure a design. But as far as when I'm I'm doing this and I'm trying to to calibrate people in this field, I think there's I think there's a certain area of focus that I like to, to go to and that's around like how are you helping drive the project forward? How are you helping show impact in your work? Because I mean we can design things all day long, but if it's not actually something we can measure. It's not something we can track. It's not something we can show how the work that we're doing is facilitating the growth or evolution of a design experience, then that's a problem. So I like to, when I interview people, when I like to uh, break down how somebody's performing in the role, I like looking at the people side, the processes side, the project side, and the purpose side. So all four of these, <laughs> these P's, are helping kind of create this framework around how somebody is performing. So are they locked in on their processes? Are they locked in on knowing what the team's processes are so they're not creating extra noise? Are they understanding the ins and outs of a project from the business side and from the strategy side? Are they understanding the purpose of the project? Like, why are we showing up every day? Why are we actually working on this feature or this specific uh, challenge? You know, how can we connect to it? How can we be empathetic to it? And then the, uh, you know, the people say we have to build relationships. I mean, every project, every team, every situation that you're in, 
No, it's it's not easy building something by yourself. You know, I had to build a lot of next level UX by myself because I was, you know, doing this on the side, but that's not the you know, you have to, you have to do what you got to do to get things out, but you constantly are are looking for relationship building and people to help you, you know, drive what you're trying to drive. So, I know it's a long-winded uh long-winded response, but like there's four Ps is where I, I typically gravitate to. Yeah, you know, um, the more I talk to um, experienced um, experienced designers, that's I, yeah, didn't mean to do that, but uh, the <laughs> the more I talk to them, and when I talk about like uh, asking ask questions about, um, well, how do you, how do you approach a project and stuff, like um, they always talk about all the things that don't have to do with craft or the, or the cycle of design thinking, like ideate prototype test. Like that's, there's a, there's a disproportionate focus on ideate prototype test, but there's, and there's a lot of work focusing on the empathize side of design thinking, but the define part, the actually like finding the right direction to go down. Um, there, there isn't a lot of content out there to help frame up critical thinking. Jonah Tolley is a great one. Whenever he talks about mm. solving, when he does like a case study of when he's talking about solving a problem for a consulting client, he uh, he always mentions the people, the conversations he had. And when mm. I and uh, you know I'm I'm just going through your course right now, the mapping to learn course. And when you talk about your projects, you talk about when you're mapping out, you map out like the ecosystem. You see like all the different moving parts, but you also talk about. Well, there's also layers of finance. Like, what's the finance department going to think of this? Like, what's HR going to think about this? Like, what are the, like, what are, what is engineering going to think about this idea? And you consider all that. Like, um, you you mentioned something in our pre-interview that like, uh, action planning equals performance, right? It's not it's not like being really good at prototyping or testing and stuff. That's that's part of the job, but you you're you're implying that planning all these different interactions, like all the people you have to talk to and all the systems you need to understand is like what leads to that design performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like uh yeah, do you want to do you want to dive dive into the action plan a little bit and yeah, kind of sure. my my point of view about that? Yeah. Yeah, it's your interview, so, man. So yeah. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's fun talking about this stuff. I mean, it's like you know, getting getting a getting an opportunity to talk about uh, something you, you intimately experience every day, and you you know, thousands and thousands and millions of people are dealing with this every single week. You know, they have list of objectives, they have a list of goals, they have a list of um, responsibilities that they have to take on. They have personal personal things, especially with COVID. Right? There's additional layer of responsibilities and needs when you're at home and you're dealing with distractions and everything else like it takes a another level of focus of dedication and just awareness a certain another level of all the all those things to be able to show up and and reach a, another level of performance when you're trying to either drive a project forward or you're responsible for an, an experience that could affect millions of people, or it will, or it could affect millions of people down the road, and you need to be in a, a you know a psychologically safe environment when you're creating when you're creating this work, but you also need to have 
a grasp and a hold on on the things that matter. So you're focusing on the things that actually create impacts. And you, you know, an action plan is all about breaking all down, breaking down all the complexity in your life. You know, mapping to learn is all about breaking down the system of of a product. But uh, action planning is about breaking down the system of what you want to achieve in your life, you know, whether it be a personal project, career goals, and in creating an action plan around that so you can get closer to getting to your next level, get closer to reaching your milestones, get closer to achieving your goals. And, and that's just what I'm super stoked about, breaking all that down, teaching that, and letting more people just have a grasp of, you know, how to do it. Because we didn't learn this in design school, I got to tell you. <laughs> we didn't learn this thing that, uh, you know, 50 years of, of trying things and experiencing things and seeing what works and what doesn't work and, you know, getting to play with a lot of different varieties of solutions here and how you show up every week. This has just really, really been working for me. And then as I teach it to more students, more of my students in my programs, I'm starting to see a lot more results from them as well. Yeah, I, I would even add that they don't even teach action planning in normal school um, because, uh, yeah, very few people. Um, it's actually I, I'm surprised how rare it is, like how many people bring intentionality to the work they do. Um, and right. Uh, you know, the deliverables that they're focusing on and the strategies they're implementing. Like, why Why did you uh, pick the... So the initial courses you have is it's mapping to learn, then there's action planning, and then there's a third one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... The, yeah. Like, why did you choose that structure? And sorry, I... Um, I forgot what the third one was because you haven't released it yet. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's Career Accelerator. So Career Accelerator is kind of like encompassing umbrella around the other two. So I wanted to start and, you know, I, I get really all giddy about these programs because they are not just like one hour courses. They are going deep into certain categories. And that's that's something that I felt was lacking in the in the industry. You know, I'm a total I'm total geek like I I. I have designated times where I'm learning every single week. I have certain uh, educators that I'm following that I'm that I'm learning from, and I've been doing this since I graduated from SCAD. Like every every single year, every single month, I had a specific thing specific thing that I was trying to learn, grow, and develop in my career. And I just came to this point where I realized that in all the companies that I work for, all the all the all the coaching clients I've had, all the companies that I've been around and flown around to and consulted with, there's, there's a couple of things that are really, are really challenging in these organizations. And those three mapping experiences out. I've seen a lot of work, a lot of work get shipped without seeing the overall ecosystem like maps and like how they work and how they how people analyze the experiences and how they break down information and how they know what's coming in and what's going out. And I've seen so many designers over time recreate those maps over and over and over versus like the teams like really having an inventory of these things and knowing like, okay, somebody's onboarded into the organization. How can we help get them up to speed around how the system works? 
not only the product system, but the business system, the how decisions get made, what are the team norms, like all these foundational things. And that a lot of that research came out of, you know, started doing math classes for uh, design systems. But anyway, map to learn was like this for that. The second one, action planning, like it's really hard to plan if you haven't uh, been if you haven't been taught unique and other perspectives of how to do it. Like there's so many different ways that people could be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna block off my calendar this week. I'm gonna talk. Uh, I have you know a list of tickets or a list of Asana tickets. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna knock those out. And that's like a really like you're serving you're serving the company by doing that, but you're not really serving yourself. You're not really like serving. Okay, well, did I budget in time to walk with my family? Did I budget in to walk with my dog? Did I uh, budget in time to cook? breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, how am I being responsible with my time and how am I being responsible with my, uh, my peers time? You know, am I showing up tired? Am I showing up exhausted and, and, you know, lack, lack of motivation? There's all sorts of things, but action planning is, was designed to solve that problem in the industry and, you know, just giving people another perspective of how to do it. And then the third one, it's career accelerator is a, is a, a result of doing a 12 week coaching program where I was beta testing my this strategy, these 12 pillar, these 12 pillars of what I call career sustaining skills. And they're career sustaining skills because, you know, at every level, at every, at every, uh, every level of my career, I've had to work on these things. I've had to work on getting clarity. I've had to work on goal setting. I've had to work on action planning. I've had to develop practice and development strategies. I've had to uh, learn about tools, people, and tactics, like how to how to mix those three worlds together. I've had to uh, learn about design productivity and purpose and pra- and and sorry, design energy and design clarity and impact. So there, there's a twelve encompassing pillars of career accelerator. And then basically I go through every week coaching, giving homework, giving tactics and assignments and other things to help you learn these 12 sustaining things. So you can do them yourself and you don't need me. Like, I mean, you don't necessarily ever need me, but it's just like an anchor for, uh, for sustained growth, sustained growth in, in the pursuit of happiness that makes sense to you that feels right to you but gives the framework to follow yeah it sounds like what you're working on is uh kind of like the fundamental structure of like what it takes to bring it as a designer to the table right because like your 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 counterparts your pms your engineers they're expecting you to bring it and to Mm -hmm. um actually have the answers that they need from you and i mean like let's go back to planning like if if you don't plan they'll plan for you and that happens all the time when you hear people complaining like oh man the pms are stepping on my toes and like the engineers are just making decisions without consulting them me or like the mocks i made like hmm. if you don't answer those questions and you're not just designing flows you're designing a system you're designing a software mm-hmm. system usually if you're designing a software product um, you know, you're not bringing it to the team and they're going to have to make design decisions without you. Right. That's right. I mean, that's like, uh, that's just the byproduct, you know, for the, for the last, like, I don't know, it's been 
years, you hear this phrase like, oh, I need to seat the table. Design needs to seat the table. Uh, it's like you, you've always had to seat at the table. It's just like, you know, what you've decided, how you've decided to represent yourself, how you've decided to uh, present your capabilities and the impact that you have. I mean, the people talking in the room, usually the people that are trying to guide and facilitate the, the evolution of the project. So if you're not, if you don't feel like, you know, you're in, in a conference room and you're, you know, we're not, we're not in conference rooms anymore, but you're in a Zoom call or wherever you're at and you're like, oh, I want to get my voice in there. You have to build, you have to build in the, the connectivity with your team about how you're, how you're able to be a participant in that. Like and that deals with, you know, taking accountability for the work that needs to get done and how you're going to help drive that work forward, how you're going to complement your peers, how you're going to complement your ex-event partners, like your engineers, your product managers, your content strategists, like the people or the researcher. If you, if you're fortunate to have a team that, that size, that's, you know, that's awesome. But you, you really need to be able to go and complement support and, help drive these conversations, jump into those conversations. And that takes some time. That takes some, it takes some uh, practice and confidence and courage. And those are a lot of the things that I talk about in the program. I, I really, I, I just love what you said there. And I think that's going to be the working title. It's like, we've always had a seat at the table. It's like, but are you actually acting like an adult at the table? Are you acting like a teenager? You know, that you're just expecting people to understand yeah. you. I think that's what the, a lot of the conversations have been lately is like, oh, you know, my company doesn't appreciate design. And now, like, we're just kind of getting sick of it and saying, well, have you considered, like, how you're providing value to the team and, like, providing clarity on, like, your decisions and, like, backing up your decisions with, uh, like, a firm rationale? Like, no, you're just saying, like, you're making a flow that's not technically feasible and saying, well, it's a good experience. And then they're like, well, we can't do that. And then they're like, yeah, they don't value design. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't respect mm -hmm. my profession. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Like that's just, yeah, it's like, we've always had a seat at the table. That's, that's just so powerful. I mean, it kind of put, yeah, it puts the onus on us, the designers to really like get better mm -hmm. at those kind of uh, presence uh, type skills. Yep. yep. And it's like, you know, if, if, if you're if you're feeling like if you're listening to this right now, listening to me and Kaden talk about this, and you're feeling like, oh yeah, I'm, that's definitely happened to me, and I don't even know where to start. Like with that, it it's literally just starting to talk about like well, how you want how how you want to show up as a designer. How do you want to uh, you know how do you want to interact with other people? How do you like what does success look like for you? If you understand that first for yourself in the role that you have both inside and outside of work, that's a great starting point for you to start building in, okay, well, shoot, okay, I'm gonna need to start uh, having better weekly one-on-ones with my PM so I can, you know, I can get 10 minutes of that, of that presentation time versus my product manager owning the whole hour of that presentation. How can I get a little part in there and show value on weekly posts, the weekly updates that we give the team? Uh, how can I make sure maybe I'm facilitating the weekly design critique instead of like my PM or my engineering or whoever's doing it? You know, you have to take that initiative to start building the value of like why it's so amazing 
to have Caden or Drew or anybody else or you fill in the blank with your name, like why is it important that you're going to facilitate the session and how are you going to help, like, how are you going to help guide the conversation so people have clarity, so they have design clarity, you know what I mean? It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's an art. It's an art to do that. And, you know, we have to practice that with to support each other through that. And, you know, I'm just, I just strongly believe in a more holistic approach to this where, you know, everybody's trying to drive the, to the, to the mission. Everybody's on the, the same page. Like, you know, we, we believe that everybody has good intent. You know, it's like, you got, you got to believe that in your team. Like, okay, this person, this person, this person is good intent. So it's not personal. It's just about how we're going to. How are we going to paint a picture that everybody can kind of jump into, participate along the entire journey, and we get to be that facilitator? That's that's something that like the teams that I get to, that I've been on in my career, that's been a focus. Like how are we how are we driving the team, and I, this is just how I've distilled it. You know, back to teaching it. So like that's the outcome you're you're doing with your courses, but when so when you talk about action planning and budgeting you talk a lot a lot about your personal life like are you budgeting time to walk with your family are you taking time to work out are you like how does like self-care tie into high performance and like design and providing design clarity to your team uh this is a great question so you know you think about uh the things that are around us and the things that surround us like you know we we have a plethora of things that we can do throughout the day. So many things that we can do throughout the day. A lot of those decisions, right? So if they make, a, if we have to, make, let's just say we have to make a hundred decisions in a day around our work and our, and our family life, and everything. If we can eliminate the number of reoccurring activities and consistent and consistent behaviors that we need to do on a week to week basis then we can spend more of our time being being more strategic and more thoughtful being more uh romantic i mean there's all many there's so many different things we can be spending our time on if we're not if we're not just doing a lot of the the busy work of like checking social media just like because we can or uh or spinning spinning like an hour just doodling on something really wasn't planned out in the first place and then it just ends up becoming uh just something like an artifact you didn't really think through and i just i think what i'm trying to do is just get people a little bit more intentional with the work that they do it doesn't mean like you work extra hours it doesn't mean you go overboard or anything like that it's just you get a lot more intentional with the things that you care about in your life and you design your your pathway and your team pathway around like supporting everybody's growth, but also supporting the project and business goals. So it's like it's just like this full circle, and I, it's hard for me to to separate these things because they are so interconnected. Especially now that we're all work from home, and we just really need to be thoughtful with our own with our own self, like self care. So that we can show up better, more productive in the day to day. So like, you know, your question, like, how does this help with high performance? Well, you're spending time on things that just don't matter, aren't needle moving activities. You're also uh, you're also delivering a different level of clarity to your team. So not only 
you're helping yourself move forward. You're helping your team have have a crystal clear picture of how they can participate in the design, how they can add value to, to the experience, how they can give you feedback on a reoccurring basis so that you can push the project forward. I mean, it's just like we're super connected and, and it's just like honoring that, like just not ignoring it because it's, it's still there. Like you're not, you can't just say, oh, yep. Personal life, uh, you know, cooking, cleaning, uh, taking breaks, getting recharged, making sure I'm like taking care of my body, eating healthy. So my brain is sharp. So my body is, is active. Cause once you start losing that, that, uh, energy, the energy of what you're doing and the motivation, you start to feel, you know, stagnated feeling you start feeling, this is what, you know, just from a lot of research and a lot of the research that I've done around this, it's just like uh, it's just a water. It's like a butterfly effect, you know. You you bring yourself out. You're done for like two weeks, you know, and then and then that hurts the team, you know. So, but if you're taking care of your employee, taking care of yourself, taking care of your family, you start to see you start to see like how all these things are connected, and that if you're showing up with intentionality and purpose, and and you know checking in with the most important things every day, it really becomes just like another. You know, it's like muscle memory, just going like throwing baseball or hit, hit, hitting off a tee. Like, I mean, I was, you know, I was, I use that just because I played baseball. And that was just what I, what I did every, every day. You know, I was just hitting off the tee, getting used to that swing, getting used to that swing. And I think this is very similar. Like, we just have to practice these things and show up with intentionality and focus. And then it, it, it just changes the game. It sounds like you, at one point of your life, you actually mapped it out and you're like, oh, this is all connected. Like if, yeah. you, re- if you really mapped out, like why are you so angsty at work? It's like, oh, maybe it's because I'm not happy with this aspect of my work. It doesn't match my values or something like that. Like, yeah. you, like you're right. Like I feel like I've come at, I've become a more confident designer as I worried more about you know, keeping my own house in order, right? It's because mm. some people, I mean, like the, the unconfident designers and, and I was definitely one of them, uh, is when I put all my eggs in the UX, like learn, like spent all my free time doing courses and, and learning and, and, and doesn't mean you shouldn't do courses or like do continuing education, but you should like you should schedule like leisure time to mm. let your brain relax uh, to also process all the information that you're doing right now too. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what's uh, what's funny, and I'm sure like you've seen this as well. Um, I think the more intentional and like more clarity, design clarity you bring to your career, it's like it not, doesn't necessarily. It, you might be spending less time. Um, to get the same output or even a better output because I think designers think that uh, input of time is like the variable we're controlling well really and Seth Godin talks about this like really like the the, the capital we're dealing with in work is emotional energy and the mm-hmm. hard complex problems are um, you using your emotional gas tank 
you know, the having mm-hmm. the tough conversations with like inter, interdependent teams that like you are dependent on them cooperating for you to succeed. And that's emotionally draining. And if you don't have that emotional tank up, you think then you're not going to do the hard work. You're just going to, you're going to default to the easy stuff. Just okay. I'm just going to design a flow. I, I made an artifact today. I did my job. But knowing mm-hmm. that you had to have that conversation to if like this project was going to succeed, and uh, like do you, do you, I think do you agree? Like I think people focus a little too much on time input into a project rather than uh, planning your projects around the emotional energy you're spending. Yeah, I mean this this is this is like a hard this is uh I've definitely seen this and it and it's like the the thing that i the thing that i say to my students is like we want to be like outcome driven and not like artifact driven you know because there's so many different artifacts that we could create and i just posted something on this yesterday is like we we need to we need to know that we need to know how we are using the artifacts that we're creating and the purpose behind them and you could have like managers telling you, oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Like you're spending too much time on the workflow map. Or you're spending too much time on the system thinking. You're spending too much time on the visual side. Like there's so much debate around this. Like what what comes down to it is you have to you have to figure that out yourself. You have to figure out that that intuit, intuitive spot in your gut that's like, OK, I've spent too much time on this. I need to move forward is the thing that I'm creating today, helping move the project forward. Yes, no. Okay, if I'm spending extra time on this, why am I spending extra time on this? Could I cut it could I cut it in half? Is this aligned with the team schedule? Am I pushing you know, you're being a, a lot more uh selfless designer in this in this uh I mean, in, in my mind, it's like being, being selfless, like being like an unconditional designer where you just you're doing things for the project and not for yourself. It's not about like like, oh, I've designed you know, 100 screens today. I've done, you know, 20 different iterations. That stuff doesn't doesn't matter. What matters is how you're helping move the project forward. So every artifact needs to be be like aligned to a a needle moving action for the team. And that went once like I started understanding like, okay, I have like six, 15, 20 people on my team. What am I doing on a day-to-day basis to check in with them to make sure we're all moving the work forward and not just like, oh yeah, I got my own thing going on. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like once you can start building teams around these initiatives and these, I mean, these foundations, it's so much fun. It's so much fun to see, uh, you know, I, I, I felt like I, I've had bits and pieces of this throughout my, throughout my entire career. And I've seen a lot more in the last, in, probably in the last like five, five, six years, just my maturity level around this, this stuff, but, and teaching it, but it's, it starts to get super fun when you really understand the work that needs to, to push a project forward. And you can understand it at the engineering level, at the product level at the business level, the stakeholder level, the program, the policy level, the uh, the customer success level, the sales level, like you can learn all those things. And it's not like, we're not talking about years of experience. You just need to be a little bit, okay, you're in a meeting with somebody. 
what's going on here? What are people doing? How are, how are people, uh, like what type of things do people need to, to be able to understand things better? How can I provide those things as a, as a designer? How can I provide more clarity so everyone can speak that common language, can speak that common mission, can, can align on that purpose? And then boom, you got a fully functioning team that is so much fun to work in. Man, yeah, that I I remember having a conversation just starting out my career where a, a, another designer was complaining, and I was kind of as commiserating with him because I didn't understand what went into making good products. Was like I feel like we only really spend like ten percent of our time like designing, as in like making stuff in Sketch or whatever. And I think it's like that that's like the way it should be is a lot of your time is talking and you know um like i, I remember uh, talking to james helms because i was i asked him like what what is a was a vp of design do because you're not you're not working on artifacts you're not mm-hmm. you're not even like managing individual contributors hopefully if it's like a, a true vp and he said <laughs> I, I run the business from a design perspective and um and what are the deliverables for that, right? Is that I think he, he measures his success by driving the conversation in the right direction in the meetings he's in, you know, providing mm-hmm. design clarity. And it made, mm-hmm. makes me think that like, if a lot of my time needs to be spent collaborating with people and building team building, um, that uh, me, helping ask the right questions or help coach the engineer to think a certain way about how they're engineering the solution. That's a success that that's the art that that's a, that's, that should be considered an artifact, even though I can't really show it in a portfolio. It's like a sentence in a case study. Like, you know, we, we discussed this concept and, but like, I feel like I've done my job if I helped the team go in a, in a more design, like a, user-centered direction as we're engineering like architecture oh yeah yeah it's like invisible artifacts and you have those every day and you know like for example i'm gonna i'm gonna get into a meeting here at the top of the hour and and there's you know a big a big product decision that needs to be made on an experience and you know i'm proposing a certain direction that ties to you know sustainable sustainable growth and scalability for this product direction, and you know what did I do to prepare for that? So you know I built a you know overnight like had to build a just because of the the types the type of project that I, that this is, and I can't I can't share I can't share like who who it's for or what it is, but essentially like this big product have a decision to make. It's it's a little disruptive, but it has massive impact. It has massive impact down the road. It affects the product timeline. How are we? How are we? Um, how are we going to like navigate this conversation? So you know, I prepared a deck for this. I prepared uh, my how I want to frame this conversation. How I want to help talk about the trade offs, the design trade offs, and I'm use like, my formula for that and. You know, like understanding what, what we know, what we don't know, qualitative, quantitative data, uh, what we're trying to do long term. And 
and that does that that's not like me designing uh specific screens is me designing a product and design strategy that's going to help this company grow and you have to you have to be thinking about just other it's just like other things is like about about the product about the experience about the people involved about how things affect and the more that you can do that the more that you can understand those things that's design maturity that's helping that's helping that's helping people understand like what you're doing and why you're doing it. So more people can jump into that conversation that are qualified and that are experts in the in the business. Then you make that decision as a team or if you're the decision maker, you make the decision and you push forward and you move forward with the decision, you own it, you measure it and then you, you know, you get ready for the next one. And but it's just like, you know, there's preparation, there's there's intentionality and those are just things that I think we could talk more about and we can as designers and educators and and uh, showrunners like we 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 need to talk about the the things that people are not talking about, which is uh, the emotion, the, the emotion, the planning, the um, the the science that goes behind a lot of these things, because we do it over and over and over like anything that's a pattern like I'm a pattern catcher, like a pattern is exists. How can we make that pattern something that is a delightful thing to experience on a week to week basis? And we have to plan with the, we have to uh, build products. I mean, I love building products and I think people get into design or become makers because they love building new things that help advance the world's advance the world in a meaningful way. And I just specifically want to focus on products and experiences that are helping people grow, that are helping people develop that are helping people achieve more because that's where their ambition lies. So your ambition is low, your ambition is high. If your ambition is high, I wanna help you use that energy to create a career and culture and manifest what you want in that, in that, in that regards. And if your ambition is low, I still wanna be able to educate you on some foundational things that you can still, if you want to work 10 hours a week, you can work 10 hours a week, but those 10 hours are going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, those 10, those 10 hours are going to be so stir. Yeah, that's, I mean, just increasing like quality of input. I mean, and, and also, I mean, if you, if you put in like, if you work like 40 hours, but your 10 hours of individual contributor work is worth like a month's worth of work, that gives you a lot of breathing room to like think more about it. Yeah, you know it's like that. That's an yeah. awesome feeling when, like, you feel like you you've gotten like intellect, like mentally and conceptually, you've gotten a month ahead of your team. Now you could actually spend more time like helping people with the vision, and you know, you just talking right now made me like want to like map something out because I'm like, oh, geez, I need to map this out for work. <laughs> um, because I just thought about it. Uh, like I, I, I'm really good at answering questions about my design rationale um and that's why people i don't get as many questions as i used to or i don't get challenged as much because they know like okay if kid makes a decision like he obviously thought about it so i have that reputation but (laughs) i'm still answering questions i'm like a living faq of like the reasoning like if someone else is like okay so yeah like why are we doing this but they don't know like i'm the designer on the project you know it's maybe an interdepartmental thing like i don't have I haven't like mapped it out. Maybe I don't have like des- like art like design artifacts like diagrams kind of showing the ch- design trade offs we're making. 
I haven't done that yet. And you just talking about that just made me think like, oh, that's probably another way to level up my design clarity. I need to map out like all the trade-offs I'm making. Uh, I need to map up all the map out all the decisions I made up to this point. And that way I could really uh, have something that kind of speaks for itself a little bit more if I like present it in like a bigger meeting with more people that don't have direct contact with the problems I'm facing. So I definitely yeah. appreciate your course mapping to learn. I also appreciate the snapback. I just got that care package from you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank, thanks. Yeah. Just anyone that like invests in uh, Drew's course, you also get a pretty dope next level UX snapback along with the other uh, swag that uh, I will not uh, spoil. Actually, I kind of spoiled it on LinkedIn, <laughs> but that's an old post. Drew, uh, I, I want to just, uh, ask you a question to just wrap this up. Um, and I ask this to every guest. Uh, what is a career setback that you're glad happened? A career setback that I'm glad happened? Oh, well... I don't know if I would call it a, a career setback, but it was definitely a big transition for me when I transitioned from like a lead design manager uh, from LinkedIn and I transferred over into Envision. And this was a huge change for me because I wasn't a, I wasn't doing I wasn't doing product design on a day to day basis. I was building workshops and building strategies and building like tactics and and classes and courses and teaching design maturity and doing a lot of the things that, you know, it's not the same thing as showing up, getting, doing standups with your team every, every week. I was more of a consultant and I was, I was working inside of Envision with a ton, a ton of customer success and sales individuals. And I think for me, that felt like when I first did that and I was like, oh man, this, this might be a setback for me because I was, uh, cause I was like, I wasn't a part of you know, a core design team iterating, building every single week, shipping new products. It was more about like way, way, way higher strategy. And what I realized was that was like the biggest blessing in disguise for me because like that, that connection of like being a part of a sales org and, and learning the other side of the business helped me understand companies at a whole different level and I wasn't thinking that that was going to be an outcome of this, but I thought it was a setback. But this is just a good reminder that even if you get a role or something that might seem like it's not like the, the perfect scenario for you, there is there is something positive and something unique that you can get out of it. And I think it's just like changing the mindset. And that was a really quick that was a really quick uh, observation for me. I was so, so grateful for that opportunity. So I, I would leave it at that, my friend. Yeah, Drew, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really I love that insight that even though it doesn't look like the day-to-day -day of like a normal product designer, like being able to understand the skill sets of like setting up workshops and facilitating and like leveling up design maturity, I, I'm sure you, you got so much well, I mean, you, you developed a lot of your material for Next Level UX from the lessons you learned, right, from uh, mm -hmm. your Envision time. So, I mean, definitely there was there's a big ROI there because you're doing your own thing. You're basically doing mm -hmm. the same thing. You're doing Envision, but you're just doing it on your own terms now. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm doing, I'm, and I'm just bringing bringing in like a holistic approach. You know, I'm just looking at the whole person and not just like uh, the specific uh, skills that we learn in, you know, an HCI degree or in a graphic design degree. It's it's just it's more about the holistic person, and that's you know, I remember mm-hmm. reading a, a book when I was in college, like uh, Stefan Sagmeister, the uh, How to Be a Designer and Not Lose Your Soul. <laughs> and, you know, just connecting to it, it just resonated with me and just connecting to the type of person that you want to be, you want to show up as the creator that you want to that you want to that you want to live by, uh, you know, bringing that to life. So I, that's what I'm trying to do. I apologize. I just have the urge to ask this question. Um, uh, it, so I heard from a PM when he, uh, at this conference, he was talking about presenting, um, to executives like a roadmap and he's like, all you need to tell them is what we're doing and how it's causing an unfair advantage in the market. All the other stuff, all the decision-making, like the, the, the business model mapping that you do, like all the process stuff that's for you to know them to ask. If you do a good job, all you need to tell them is this is what we're doing. Here's how it's going to cause an unfair advantage. And they should say, here, take the money. You're funded. Go. And <laughs> in design, so I, I really want to hear your question. Like, So in design, what is for us to know and for other people to ask when it comes to our job? What is for us to know and for other people to ask? Oh, gosh, I, I don't even know if I would. I, I don't even know if I would um, be looking at it this way. I would be looking at like what do I not know as a designer of a business that I'm responsible for creating amazing world-class user experiences for? What do I not know? And then how am I going to learn that over the next like course of uh, one month, three month, six month, nine month, 12 months? Like how am I going to build up a repertoire of knowledge that's going to help me be a weapon of executing ninja amazing quality work like i i that the thing that that you know that pm might have said is like this is all you need to do it depends on on who your audience is you know if, if you're talking to high level executives you simplify things even more get to the point based on the audience you come into your design team they need certain level of context location and what problems you're trying to solve you have to change the frame the level of the conversation depending on who the audience is Mm -hmm. that takes time and practice and a little bit of coaching to figure out but you got to start you got to start doing that and so i would i would be like i don't know man i don't think i don't think it's like there's things that uh you should you should know what you need to know uh depending on your ambition level for your what you want to do in your in your career and what you want to do for your job like I don't think there's these walls that say you can't be a product thinker if you're a designer, can't be an engineer, uh, engineers can't be product thinkers or any of this stuff. I don't believe in those walls. Mm-hmm. We are just hired specialists to go in and crush it, and mm-hmm. and we have to work together as a team. You know, I, the, the sports in my life like completely helped ma- manifest that belief in me as far as like bringing the team along for the journey. And one one big recommendation is to check out the playbook on Netflix right now because that is talking about uh, like some of the six six of the most strategic coaches over time, 
and how they're approaching how they're approaching their methodologies for coaching their team. I think that's a great a great foundation, you know, to uh, to reference. Mm. It, it, yeah, I just recently watched that with my wife, and it was just absolutely stunning, amazing, and inspiring, and uh, get you get you uh, get you pretty rally, rally, riled up and get excited for uh, being a team team player. And that's just one thing that I, that's always served me in my career. Cool, that's awesome. So, like, the big takeaway there is yeah. that depending on the audience, you yeah. you, you simplify it because like the executives just want like a path forward or like two options yeah. and they choose one or something like that. And the design team needs to know like your rationale, like what problem you're solving, why you're making a decision like that. And uh, yeah, like that that makes sense. I I, I really love your energy, Drew. Um, you're you're just. You're more awesome in person than you are on uh, we uh, practically UX Weekly. Um, so I hope more people get a chance to get in contact with you and interact with you and collaborate with you because you you definitely are bringing a lot to the table that uh, especially in subjects and content that isn't really addressed when in the UX education space. So yeah, uh, just uh, to wrap up, like uh, how how do people find you? Um, how can people get access to Next Level UX? anything you want to say before we uh, sign off yeah th- well first like thanks for having me man this was a really fun conversation and and kind of love i love just talking shop it's just so much fun and thank you and i honor like the the work that you're doing to bring people on and have these types of conversations it's it's awesome so congrats on that and keep keep going keep jamming um, as far as like finding content or finding out uh and connecting with me I definitely am a big user of LinkedIn. I like seeing people. I like engaging with real people and doing that whole thing. So I'm at a Bridewell on on LinkedIn. So you know LinkedIn to search Drew Bridewell or a Bridewell, you'll find me. And then my website for Next Level UX is uh, www.nextlevelux.me.me because I try to get .com, but somebody is holding out on it. So yeah, cyber squatter. <laughs> Yeah, cyber squatter. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's that's the best way to go. We got three products. We got one product that's out, two coming down the pipeline. Mapping to Learn is out. Action Planning is coming out next month. And then Career Accelerator starting up January 1st, which is super exciting. That's, uh, you know, get get your, get your year off to a, a great start with understanding mapping, understanding how to plan better, and then understanding how to accelerate. So those are the three things, man. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, just can't wait to meet all you all you uh, people out there. If you want to go check it out, and and Caden, let me know if you need any any other support for your show, man. I can't I can't wait to send more people to your show. So thanks a lot. Hey, listeners! Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Way of Product Design. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with your network and write a couple lines on why you found it useful. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help the show grow, please leave a review on Apple or Google's podcast platforms. As always, thanks for listening. You have a good one.